mean, there are people in your life um, and you're in my life that you, you see things happen to them and they still, for some reason, whether it's faith or whatever, there's something inside of them that they're always positive, always happy. You never see them angry and nothing gets under their skin. We're going to be talking about that word, but just uh, we're just as kind of a, a, a bring us back up to speed. We're closing down a conversation, a three-week series called "Spring Clean Your Life." And uh, for those of you who haven't uh, been here for this series, you can go online to our podcast or online at our website, and uh, you can hear all these messages. There's a, a, a little brief description of each message with Bible verses too, if you want to do some deeper. Uh, uh, dive in with uh, each of the topics, but basically, spring clean your life centers around the fact that because God has forgiven your sins and what Jesus Christ did on your, on the cross brought you into a relationship with Him, we now can be diligent in being in a relationship with God, but then also with each other. We can be diligent in keeping our relationships clean, if you will, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so let me ask you, with spring cleaning, raise your hand if you do spring cleaning about this time of year. Wow, that's not a whole lot of you. That's pretty scary. I did this at downtown, and like three people raised their hand. Uh, of those who do spring cleaning, have you raise your hand if you started. Even less. Wonderful. Okay. Hmm. Basically, the concept of spring cleaning is that, you know, as the winter kind of closes down and we get into this beautiful weather finally, you know, you just have this urge to... to get things out of the garage, things that pile up or, or in closets or in cabinets. And we, we flip that here too with our series because over time things happen in our life and, and angers and bitterness and different things happen in our life where it just sort of piles up in our relationships. And so this time of year is a good time, actually in this series is a good time to talk about spring cleaning our life. Week one, we talked about cupboards of forgiveness, if you remember that, and how holding on to grudges can impede our relationship with others. So we, we're the attitude of Christ, that no matter what happens, we're always on the front end of forgiving someone. Last week, we looked at the corners of fear and the teaching that Jesus had that said, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what happens, you don't need to worry. You don't have to fear, because while your situation might not get better, God is always there in the middle of your situation. So today, as we spring clean our lives, we're talking about that emotion of anger that really can do more damage in your relationship, in your marriage, in your friendships, than any other emotion that you will ever feel. And that's that word, that emotion of anger. So we talked about those two. There it is. Closets of anger. Now, we could do a whole series just on this word, couldn't we? We could do 12 weeks on this word. So I'm going to do the best we can to, to take a look at what this, thing, what this thing called anger is, what this emotion is, and how do we deal with it. So question, raise your hand if you've ever been angry. Yeah, of course. Have you ever unleashed your anger, and then after the fact, you're like, where did that come from? Or even worse, your spouse says, where did that come from, right? We were in, uh, living in Arizona at one point, and um, we were living there, and Kelly and I and, and uh, the kids were on our way to church. How many of you know that Satan works the hardest when you're going to church in your house? Yeah, he does. He does. So we're on our way to church and driving in Arizona, and, and there's nobody on the, on the freeway in my area, and I was in the far left-hand lane, and I wasn't speeding. You know, I was just kind of going my merry way. All of a sudden, this car comes right up 
I see him coming, you know, you look in the rear, and it just comes right up to my bumper, so close, and we're going a good clip, you know, this is, this is the highway speed, so close that I couldn't see his front lights, so you got to know that he's, you know, really right on my tail, and he's just kind of going like this, there's nobody beside me, and he's going like this, and then he does the ultimate, what's that? That's flashing the lights, yeah, I had a choice. To either just pull over nicely or slow down. <laughs> Guess what your pastor did? <laughs> yeah, I felt this demon welling up inside of me, and I just said, there is no way I'm going to let this punky high schooler push me out of my lane. So I just stood there and, and or stopped, just kind of slowed down a little bit, and he didn't let up. He's just going on and on, and I'm boiling now. My face is red. Kelly's just talking, and I'm just, you know, and, and she doesn't know because she can't see behind. She's just talking away. She doesn't, and, and things, I'm just like, oh, I couldn't believe it. The guy pulls around me on the right-hand side and then takes off. So I hit the gas. I was... <laughs> so mad. I, I didn't know him. I didn't know, I, I didn't, you know, I'm just, so I'm flying. Now all of a sudden I'm looking at my speedometer and I'm going prob- about 85 miles an hour down the freeway. Family in the car with me. Don't try this at home. So they're with me and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I see this guy and he's still way up there. So I'm hitting the gas. I actually don't even remember how fast I was going after 85. It was, it was fast. I didn't know what I was going to do when I caught up to him, but I was mad. I was angry. So, and so we go, we go, I was just totally out of control. Kelly, who now still doesn't really know what's going on, she's screaming at me to slow down and is in the airplane crash position like this. <laughs> So I, I kind of remember her saying, remember the children, but it, we were going fast. So I pull up next to him, I pull up next to him, and uh, you know, he was in this lane, and I pull up next to him, and we're you know, still cruising down the highway, just cranking, and he does not, he's just not even looking, he doesn't even care, and I'm just like, I pull up right next to him, Kelly's screaming, it was just a mess in our car, he was nice and calm, and, I, and finally, he looks over to me. And your pastor flips him off. <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. I don't, I don't have that muscle memory in this hand, I, you know, because I don't do that. So I was just this, I was angry. So I pull up next to him and I'm, I go to flip him off. He looks over and I go. <laughs> to which the guy... <laughs> The guy is like, because he knows I'm ticked. You know, he saw it. The guy just <laughs> looks up and he just <laughs> laughing, which made me feel a lot better. <laughs> Anger is that intense, intense emotion of annoyance that you get. It's an emotion. So it wells up inside of you. It's this displeasure, this, this hostility. It's this tension that you feel when your reality is here and what your expectation is here, and reality comes in right here. It's kind of like this chart. My expectation comes in here, but the reality of how people are treating you, the reality of the situation comes in a lot lower. There's a gap that happens between these two, which is called your anger gap. And the bigger this, ang- this, this uh, delineation is between these two points, 
the greater propensity for anger that you will feel, right? You expect to be treated in a certain way at, at work, and you don't get that job promotion. You thought you did great on that test. You nailed it, you nailed it, and you get it back, and you get a low grade. Makes you angry. You get mistreated at the store. You get mistreated at church. You get mistreated in your community or whatever it is. Your expectation of how things should be, and the, when the reality comes in different, anger can ensue. The point about anger is that all of us get angry, but we all get angry at different things. My daughter, when she says something that a typical teenager would say, my wife gets angry. I just kind of go, yeah. When my son does something that's just dumb, I get angry because I know I did the same thing at his age, and I know the consequences of that. And my wife shows a little bit more compassion. Anger shows itself in just different ways. A couple of weeks ago, um, I shared this last week at our downtown campus. Kelly and I uh, went to see my son perform in New York. It was a great trip. We got to fly out there. And I'm cheap, so I don't do, I, you know, I wanted to see the city. We had one day. Um, I, I don't do taxis. You know, I don't mortgage my house for those. If you take the train to the different places in New York, you don't see anything. So we rented these. You know what those are? Those city bikes, you know? These are awesome. Ten bucks a day. And you could just, you, for 24 hours, you just ride all over the place. So here's a couple of Minnesotans riding on the street of New York, just kind of doing our thing. You know, we're riding along, and we realize that, first of all, it's New York. Second of all, we're going down the wrong way on a one-way street with taxi cabs coming at us. If you've been in New York, you're like, you're nuts, you know. And so we're just riding along, and I'm starting to get a little afraid. And I'm, I'm going, oh my goodness, what's happening? And so I decided, I'm, I'm leading Kelly, I'm looking over my shoulder, making sure she's not dead on the road somewhere. And so, so I'm riding. And then, then so I decided, I, I knew that the next street over was the right way I needed to go. So I needed to make, uh, go across the intersection really quickly to get out of the one-way traffic. So light turns yellow, and I go into the intersection. And it was like I had killed somebody or something. Everybody starts honking. One taxi drive cab driver encouraged me that I can't say in church with words, but it was just crazy. Now, if we were in Minnesota, people would just sit there, right? Just go on, you know, you know, or if it's like different parts of the country, we react to anger in a different way. Down south, you react to anger by saying, bless their heart, Right? When we first moved down to Houston, you know, we hear this all the time, and people are talking, oh, just, you know, she, she just couldn't stop talking to her friends about my struggles in my marriage, bless her heart. Now, if everybody says, oh, bless your heart, basically what they're saying, you're an idiot. That's what that translation is. So let me say it another way. I know there's Bible stuff coming on in a little bit, just to let you know. So I'm just kind of having fun with this. Okay, so... There are three ways most people, most of us deal with the emotion of anger. Anger at its core is an emotion. And what you, and as with any emotion, what makes it right or wrong is what you do with it. Okay? Your feelings just are. You, you, they just are. But what you do with it is what makes it right or wrong or even if you act out in a different way, it's sin. Okay? So there's three ways that we deal with um, specifically this anger thing. Um, we return it, we retain it, and we redeem it. So I wanted to kind of think of some way to illustrate this. So 
I pulled out my trusty blender that I use every day. Not. This is actually Sherry's. So here's, here's an illustration. Let's say somebody does something to you that makes you angry, okay? So you are feeling anger. Somebody does some more things to you and the relationship isn't working and the anger gets louder and harder and faster, right? Now, at this point, you have a choice. Can you still hear me? Because I can't hear me. Okay. At this point, you have a choice of what to do with your anger. Some people return it like this, right? And what happens? Woohoo! This is kind of fun, right? That was awesome. I can use that. Okay, so some people return it like that. And instead of just letting it sit, or instead of the other two ways, we, we lift up and we rear back, right back at the anger. And it not only gets over all over them. Is that right, Sherry? You don't use it either. Yeah, great, great. We'll see if it works on the next one. Uh, but it, it not only, you know, if we had the splash zone here, what people would do in this front row is they would recoil back, wouldn't they? That's what happens when your anger comes out this way. It not only gets all over you and makes a mess, it gets all over the other person. And it's not helpful when you recoil, when you jump, when you hit 90 miles an hour to try and get the guy speeding in front of you. Other times, <laughs> will it work with just one? All right. So other times when we feel that feeling of anger, instead of returning it, we retain it. And we just let, it, let people be, do things maybe wrongly to you, and you just retain it, and you just hold on to it, and it builds up inside of you. Now, if I were to let this just sit, let's say this was a cake mix, milk, eggs, and I would just sit there like this for days. Eventually, what happens to the anger? What happens to this? It gets rotten. It spoils. Many of you are living in a situation right now where you are holding anger inside of you because you've never dealt with it. You've never had that conversation. You've never really processed it in the third way that God says. Actually, in Leviticus, it says, stop being angry. Don't try to take revenge. That's the returning it. Don't hold grudges. That's the holding on to it, right? That's the retaining it. The third way that God says is what was brought up earlier is in Ephesians 4. Stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. Don't yell at one another. That's the returning it. Or curse each other or try and flip them off, or even be rude. Instead, be what? Kind and merciful and forgive others, just as God has forgiven you because of Christ. See, the third way is that redeeming it. When somebody wrongs you, when that feeling of anger is blowing up inside of you, you return it with kindness. You redeem it. Redeem means basically to take one thing, cash it in for something that's much better. Like you go to Chuck E. Cheese, you get those little tickets, and you go to the, do they still do that, I think, there somewhere? And you turn it into the person, you get like a toy or a gift, right? You're redeeming something for something better. So you don't unleash this huge torment. And I love how Jesus talks about this. This, Jesus, when he was speaking about uh, love and about kindness and about this whole thing with anger, he said something that was so different from what everybody else was teaching back then. He said something that was so out of this world and weird and wacky and unnatural. Jesus said this, 
Um, in Luke 6, 35, he said this, consistently, I added that, consistently love your enemies. Wait, I thought I was supposed to hate them. I thought I was supposed to be angry at them. I thought I was supposed to act out against them. Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. You will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are thankful, un- he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. You know, it's amazing this word love here isn't just like the love I have naturally for my parents or for my family or just sort of, oh, I love you, which kind of happens naturally. The love, the Greek word love that he's using here is an intentional act that has nothing to do with the other person. It's a form of agape love where you, you, no matter what the other person is doing, no matter what the other person has done, no matter how mad they've made you, angry they've made you, you respond with kindness and mercy. A soft word turns away wrath, the Bible said. A gentle word turns away anger. It's an amazing thing. And that's really, if you think about that word redeemed, that's what God has done for you. He has redeemed you. While we, in essence, have made him angry because of sin, he in Christ has redeemed that and operated in kindness and compassion for us. Because of your sin, you know, he could have returned it back to you. He could have kept it in and just said, you guys are on your own. But God sent Jesus Christ to redeem his anger because of sin and our anger against him because of sin. God loves you. God loves us. And as we are cleaning out our closets, thinking about our relationships, who is it that you're holding anger against? Is it anybody? Who are you angry with right now? Maybe somebody in your family? Maybe your brother, sister? Maybe somebody at school? You're just like, I don't want to go back to school. I can't stand that person. Maybe God's calling you to be the kind of, of love he just said is it acting in kindness toward them no matter how they act toward you. Maybe it's just simply praying for you but also praying for them. If you're harboring anger against anybody, you've got to redeem it. And I'm not talking about just frustrations or flaws in the other person, because you're perfect, but the other person is the one that has the issues, right? I'm talking about that person that has hurt you in a way that is even unspeakable. And I love what Romans 12 says. It says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. And that's not easy to do never easy to do, especially when your anger boils up and you have that deem, that emotion. Sometimes it's just saying, God, I don't know what to do with this. I need to give this to you. You redeem it for me. And in doing so, you're acting like Christ. You're acting, you are, you are um, being as Christ would be in forgiving and not holding a grudge. That's what spring cleaning is all about. That's what the series has been all about, is that because of Christ, God spring cleaned the relationship between you and him so that you can have eternal life with him forever. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to pray.
Father, again, just to repeat the words of that song from before, your love never fails, it never runs out, it never runs out on me. And as we're standing here, as I'm standing here, there are people in my life that I'm angry about, I'm, I'm angry with. Um, some of it I can point to me in terms of blame, but some of it is, is theirs as well. Father, and it's just ruining my life. It's, it's, it's creating a, a, a burden on my heart and a, upon my spirit, God, that I just got to do something about it. Allow your Holy Spirit to encourage me to kindness, encourage me to compassion and mercy. Father, I just thank you that you are a God of love completely that you discipline when needed, but you are a God of love completely. And I praise you that you redeemed our sin, redeemed your anger against us, and turned it into something good. And that good is forgiveness and grace in Christ. It's in his name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen.